Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Professor Jeffrey Sachs joins us now. Professor Sachs, always a pleasure. Great to be with you. My dear friend, I I know you're having a hectic uh, schedule as always. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, Most people seem to regard the CIA uh, as America's spies, as selfless, uh, individuals out there at the front lines gathering uh, data that help inform the president and other officials of the United States of America as brave, courageous, uh, patriotic uh, people without whom we would be the prey of other intelligence agencies. What does the CIA actually do? Well, the, the uh, main point is it does two things uh, and two very, very different things. Uh, one is just as you described, uh, it is an intelligence agency. It, it gathers information, sometimes uh, electronic, uh, sometimes from satellites, uh, sometimes human intelligence. It spies. Uh, it tries to understand uh, the world. It tries to avoid surprise attacks by others uh, and so forth. Uh, as an intelligence agency, uh, there are many countries with intelligence agencies uh, that uh, play that role. But the CIA was created in 1947 with a completely different role as well. And that was as a subversion unit to uh, create subversive or covert operations abroad to bring down governments, uh, to create unrest, uh, to create coups, Uh, to make assassinations, and so on. And the CIA does that. I think the most accurate description is as a a private army of the U.S. president and uh, with a very high uh, degree of, uh, if you call it deniability, even when things are pretty obvious that something like that has happened, they deny it anyway because... The underlying documentation is kept uh, highly confidential. Anyone that leaks it ends up uh, in prison and so forth. And so we have two different tasks in one organization. This is the result of uh, how the OSS, which was the precursor during World War II of the CIA, happened. And in wartime, you can understand you have... uh, an agency that does uh, behind-the-line subversion uh, as well as intelligence gathering. But in 1947, uh, after World War II, the CIA was created in that same way. And 
President Truman knew from the beginning and then wrote about it in the 1960s, my God, this is really dangerous to have put these two functions together this way. The uh, purpose of my piece this week was to emphasize how pervasive the CIA's covert role is in American foreign policy and how deeply destabilizing it has been over many, many decades now. Uh, we're talking about more than 70 years because mm -hmm. this subversion uh, is not effective. Uh, first of all, of course, it does not remain uh, covert, even if it's a covert operation. Plenty of people figure out quickly. Then the U.S. denies it, and we get into this uh, complete collapse of credibility. Second, other countries actually don't like their governments being overthrown by yeah. the United States. They don't. Uh, we can kind of figure that out because we don't like other countries meddling in our politics. Right. But right. We, have, we have engaged, that is the CIA and its uh, you know, partner institutions, because there are others in the intelligence or secret community and in secret operations of DOD and so forth, in at least 80 covert regime change operations around the world. And what's happening in Ukraine is part of this story. Uh, what's happening uh, throughout the Middle East is part of this story. America bringing down governments, destabilizing countries, never leveling with the American people about what is really going on. And uh, I, there's case after case. And what is so corrosive about this is most of these are lame brain operations. Most of them, in my view, are doomed to fail. But then the lying that comes afterwards disastrously weakens our own country because it means our foreign policy is, is not at all democratically accountable. Let me make um, yeah. a couple of comments. The former uh, head of the CIA, we're going to show a clip of him a little later on, uh, dancing with IDF killers. Uh, Mike Pompeo, also the former Secretary of the State, basically said, uh, we lie, we steal, we deny it. This is what we're trained to do. We enjoy doing it. The piece you mentioned about Harry Truman, who, of course, signed the uh, National Security Act of 1947 into law, was a very famous uh, from the heart piece in the Washington Post written by him, condemning what the CIA had become and calling for its abolition. In those days, the Washington Post had two editions, morning and afternoon. It ran in the morning edition. The CIA asked the Washington Post to cancel it. The former president of the United States, yep. who was their creator, and the Washington Post, notoriously a mouthpiece for the CIA, did cancel it. Third, does the president for whom the CIA works give the CIA some sort of immunity from criminal prosecution. Example, federal law defines terrorism as two or more criminal acts uh, intended to alter the policy of the government. Well, if they're trying to overthrow another government and they, and they use, engage in two or more criminal acts, they're terrorists under American federal law. What makes a life a good one? 
Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yeah, and and by the way, (laughs) there isn't a day when they're not violating international law as well and violating the UN Charter. And the United States stands alone in this. We are... uh, the biggest violator of the UN Charter on an absolutely normal basis. Many Americans will say, yeah, of course, why should we live according to, to that? But how this poisons our own security, makes us insecure, and destabilizes the world is, is really impressive and terribly, terribly sad. Uh, I'm going to change subjects radically for a minute. You're a Jewish, you're not Catholic, but you know what this is on my forehead. There you go. Yes. Okay. Because a lot of people are writing about it. So my dear friends, I have not been injured. And this is not hair dye. This right. is ashes put on by a priest after mass yes. before the sun came up this morning. Okay. <laughs> because so many people are writing about it. I knew you would know, Professor Sachs. Has every president going back to Truman or Eisenhower used the CIA for subversive, illegal disruptive purposes as well as for intelligence gathering? I'm sure on multiple occasions, though some we don't know about because you have to ferret them out. Let let me give uh, an example. Uh, Let me give two uh, recent examples. One is uh, there's been a raging war in Syria uh, since 2011. And we have called that the New York Times uh, Washington Post, mainstream media have called that a civil war uh, where uh, the opposition to the government took up arms to fight for their freedom. But we know that Barack Obama signed a presidential finding to the CIA to partner with governments in the region to overthrow the government of Syria. We know that, but do we know the details? No. We don't know the details because it's completely hidden from view. But what is not hidden from view is hundreds of thousands of deaths, Hmm. destruction of Syria, the space for ISIS to arise. What was the U.S. doing? Were there congressional hearings on this? Of course not. Was there a vote of Congress on this? Of course not. Was there any review of this? Of course not. And then several years later, several years later, Syria asked uh, President Putin to uh, bring the Russian military in to defend Syria. Then we jumped up and down. You see how expansionist Russia is, how dangerous Putin is. We have to resist and so forth. It could not 
be phonier. It's mm. just lies because we don't have any honest accounting of what happens and when it goes terribly wrong as it did in Syria, by the way, predictably so. And I always say predictably, I predicted it. I predicted right. it on US television repeatedly. Don't try to overthrow the Syrian government. It will go bad as it did, but no accountability at all. Let me give you another case, which is exactly why we're in war right now. In early 2014, the United States was actively part of a coup against the Ukrainian government. We're part of it. How much, in what way? Well, we don't know all the details. What we do know is that Russia intercepted a call from Victoria Nuland, who was then Assistant Secretary of State and now is Under Secretary of State, made to the U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Piat, who is now Assistant Secretary of State, they've all been promoted, discussing who will be the post-Yanukovych government and how President Biden, who was then Vice President, will step in and you know make, make the deed secure by patting everybody on the back. That's described on tape. Did we ever have one day of explanation of this? Of course not. This is one of the most important events that pulled Ukraine into open war that has now lasted 10 years, cost hundreds of thousands of lives, hundreds of billions of dollars, and a day of honesty, not a single day. When so the uh, th this is how it works. When the Congress established the Church Committee, what did the Church Committee find? Named, so, after, named after Senator Frank Church. You know, interestingly, I was then uh, a kid <laughs> in 1975, uh, and I was an intern for my senator, Senator Philip A. Hart of Michigan. Uh, in uh, the Senate office building. So I used to go to watch these hearings, uh, especially the Irvin Committee hearings. But in, in that period, the Watergate uh, scandal had brought down Nixon. Uh, President uh, uh, Ford was the first ever, until now, the only unelected president. He had come out of the Congress, and Congress was seething mad about all the abuses at that point. And uh, uh, People were quite unhappy about what had happened with Watergate. CIA had a new director, and Frank Church was a, 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 an ambitious, very intelligent, uh, a very eloquent, uh, aspiring senator from Idaho. And uh, we had uh, Mike Mansfield, who was a, a, also a real gentleman as the Senate majority leader, and he appointed Church to investigate the CIA. And interestingly, again, for where we are today, you know, Cy Hirsch, Seymour Hirsch, great investigative reporter for decades, has lots of sources in the CIA. And he told us last year that the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, which I right. absolutely think is, uh, of course, they did. And President Putin said it uh, again on, on the interview uh, a couple of days ago with Tucker Carlson. Uh, Seymour Hirsch, published at the end of 1974 from his inside sources already back 50 years ago, a story about how the CIA was spying on Americans domestically. So all of that meant suddenly for the first time since 1947, 
that there would be a review of the CIA. These senators did not know what they were going to find. Uh, and uh, when they started just to look a little bit under the rug, assassinations, coups, te really terrible things, by the way, terrible things that are so unimaginable. Uh, Congo had just gained its independence from Belgium, and Belgium had run it like a slave colony. And there was a bright, young, aspiring uh, political uh, leader, Patrice Lumumba. And Patrice Lumumba said that he wanted an independent course, a non-aligned course for his new country, not in the U.S. or in the Soviet camp. And in the White House, they said, ah, non-aligned. That must mean he's really a, a crypto communist. And uh, Eisenhower said, eliminate him. And, this, and the CIA ended up, it was the Belgians who ended up putting the bullet through his head. But the CIA launched an assassination effort and supported the assassination of Patrice Lumumba, after which uh, Congo uh, became a dictatorship under the dictator that the U.S. installed, Mobutu, uh, it was named to Zaire, then later now to Democratic Republic of Congo. We did that. And now there are some books because things have been declassified. But that was a, a pretty leisurely conversation in the Oval Office or in the White House when Eisenhower said, get rid of him. And the CIA, OK, we'll assassinate him. Has and anybody he, ever been prosecuted? No. These assassinations. The only prosecution I know of is John Kiriakaku, who observed torture and revealed its existence and revealed the names of the torturers by CIA, didn't participate in it. He spent two and a half years in a federal prison. But the torturers and the killers were not prosecuted. No, the, the big crime in the United States is to uh, reveal so-called, or it's not so-called, it's confidential material. But what is the confidential material? doing its hiding crimes by the United States. That's what Snowden did. Uh, th this is uh, what uh, Assange did. These are the big enemies, the ones who, who show what's really going on in the United States. Did the CIA train Islamic jihadists under President Carter, the same human beings or their successors that we fought against, American troops fought against under President George W. Bush. Of course. Not just that. Uh, we we ran jihadist armies basically uh, almost till now uh, in some places. Sometimes there's a boomerang effect that the ones that you supported uh, come around and attack you. Uh, I think they consider that uh, part of uh, you know business costs, uh, collateral damage like 9-11. But of course, this is well known uh, by those who look under the cover. And Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was a really very clever uh, advisor to President Carter, advised uh, President Carter in 1979, use the CIA to arm the Islamic jihadist forces, they became known as the Mujahideen, to... Uh, destabilize Afghanistan, and that will entice uh, or induce the Soviet Union to invade, and that will be like their Vietnam. And uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski 
uh, spelled that all out in an interview that people can find online in Nouvelle Observateur. Uh, and if you uh, just Google Zbigniew uh, uh, Brzezinski, uh, Afghanistan, Mujahideen, CIA, you'll find this interview. And he explains all of this stuff. Now, after this, quote, success of destroying Afghanistan in order to entrap the Soviet Union, the U.S. government thought, that's a pretty dandy thing we've just done. We can use these jihadists elsewhere. We can help bring them into the crumbling Yugoslavia. We can help them to fight against Serbia. Why Serbia? Because Serbia is a friend of Russia. We, we want to destabilize Russia. Uh, we want to destabilize the periphery of Russia. So the war in Serbia in 1999 was a U.S. war to uh, give independence to Kosovo, which was a piece of Serbia. We talk about don't don't uh, change uh, borders by force, but the United States broke Serbia in two using jihadists. And it did the same thing in Chechnya. And these are, there are books and books written about these things, but there's just flat deniability or denial, let's say, by the U.S. because the attitude is we never have to look, we never have to apologize, we never have to tell the truth. Let's just move on, children. Uh, don't don't look too closely. Let's just did, move on. Did any good or any changes come out of the church committee investigations? It seems as though you're telling us that post-1975, the era of the church committee, is just as bad, maybe worse, than pre-1975, the era they were investigating. I think that uh, we will be next year uh, at the 50th anniversary of the Church Committee, there will have been one investigation of the CIA ever since 1947 of a serious kind, and that was that one time. And I'm saying we need it again now because really, to answer your question, we need facts. I know a lot, and, uh, and there are hundreds of books on this, all denied. We need to get absolutely uh, public oversight and explanation and understanding. For our own security, we need to stop this kind of behavior, by the way. Uh, it's a kind of American exceptionalism and arrogance. Many countries have intelligence agencies. Many countries spy. But the United States is distinctive in overthrowing governments right and left instead of using diplomacy to say, we don't agree with you. We're going to negotiate with you. We're going to bargain with you. We're going to cut a deal with you. No, no, no. We're going to overthrow you. What and role, if any, is the CIA playing in the uh, war in Ukraine uh, or the slaughter in Gaza? To tell you the truth, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> what, what we, we just don't know because we don't know what the assignments are. I hear things you know, occasionally, thank God I don't see any secret documents. I never want to. Uh, don't send them to me, anybody. I don't want them. Uh, but I hear from a lot of people uh, about the subversion. I read when there are leaks. I'll give a, another example because uh, I can't answer the cases uh, right now of what's happening. 
But uh, recently I wrote about something very uh, current and very much in the news, which is the uh, elections in Pakistan. Pakistan is another case where the U.S. acted to bring down the Pakistan government. We warned, <laughs> we, I mean the State Department, told the ambassador of Pakistan back in 2022, you know, your prime minister is a danger to us. He wants neutrality, this aggressive neutrality. It's actually a word they use. It's a kind of oxymoron. But what the what is yeah. aggressive about neutrality? Aggressive neutrality means you're not supporting us. That's all it means. The United States doesn't accept neutrality. It's either you're with us or you're against us. That's the American view. So the Americans said, you know, if you bring down Imran Khan, we all things could work out okay. So, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, relations with the Pakistan military is very tight. It goes back to uh, Afghanistan, to what we were discussing. There's a lot of money at stake. And within uh, a month, there was a vote of no confidence uh, that brought down uh, Imran Khan. They pay the uh, legislators, they bribe, they do whatever. Then, if you really want to know the the irony of it, as soon as that happened, and I, I know Imran Khan, and as soon as he was brought down, I heard uh, uh, indirectly uh, that he was saying, you know, the United States did this. So he started saying this, and he was uh, attacked and ridiculed in, uh, uh, in uh, uh, Pakistan for making these outlandish uh, claims, uh, conspiracy theories, and so forth. Then the document that had been sent by the Pakistani ambassador back to Pakistan saying that the Americans say we got to bring him down, this cable, they call it a cipher in uh, diplomatic uh, language, this was leaked to uh, the Intercept, to an investigative reporter, and it was leaked by the somebody in the Pakistani military to Imran Khan's camp as well. So the Intercept published it. It explained the American role in bringing this guy down. Then Imran Khan went and said, here's the document that proves that America was behind my house. What did they do to him because he held that document in his hand? They said, espionage. That's espionage. You're releasing a secret document. That's espionage. And he was sentenced to 10 years in prison for waiving the diplomatic document that proved that the United States had been behind his ouster. So what did the U.S. State Department official say just a couple of weeks ago? We respect the Pakistani courts. Full stop. I wonder then, if they respect the Pakistani voters. Tell us what happened last week. So Imran Khan was put in prison. He had been in prison. Then he had one absolutely mind-boggling sentence after another, like this espionage one and two others that went along. So he was barred from the election last week. His party was not allowed to run. So the emblem of the party was struck off all of the ballot rolls, but uh, his uh, parliamentary party members ran as independents in all of the districts across 
Pakistan. And what happened? They won an overwhelming landslide vote, despite all the repression, all the lies, all of the disqualification. But as the vote was being counted, of course, the vote count stopped. They faked around 70 districts. They couldn't completely fake everything. So they said, well, Imran Khan won 100 seats, whereas the actual count was 170 seats. And uh, now uh, the military, no doubt the U.S. is you know, behind the scenes trying to scramble to find someone other than Imran Khan to right. come to power after this. So let me um, let me switch gears. We only have a few minutes left. Back to the CIA. Did the CIA know about 9-11 or October 7th before either of them happened? 9-11 and October 7th, uh, first of all, clearly were profound intelligence failures at the least. The nature of those intelligence failures was never documented or explained, and of course, never will be, because who would do it? You'd have to understand what they knew. So there are a thousand theories around. I have no uh, insight into any of it uh, beyond what uh, people can read of the controversies. When it comes to October 7, which is more recent, uh, the uh, Hamas uh, attack in Israel, we hear repeatedly that Israel was warned ahead of time, warned by the Egyptians ahead of time, warned by other, uh, other security services. But as usual, there's not even a, an attempt to uh, understand really what happened. Everything is handled uh, by strict confidentiality and public lies whenever necessary. Professor Sachs, uh, this is an amazing analysis. I'm sorry we have to run because I could hear you talk about this all afternoon, as have, of course, many, many people watching us now. Thank you for very much for your time. Always we'll great to be with you. We'll you on again next week. All we'll do it. Good. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Uh, coming up later uh, today, Phil Giraldi uh, and Aaron Matei, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.